and Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome back to the Bucks Banter Podcast. I am your host, Colin Hallboom. We are happy to be here on what is a victory Monday, a satisfying Monday for Bucks fans all around the world. I am joined by my two co-hosts, Scott Capron and Bodan Yard. Gentlemen, how are we feeling this this fine Monday? Good. Feeling good, man. How are you? Doing great. Bucks huh? are 2-0. I don't really care how we got there. We're 2-0. <laughs> hey, I'm, also, I'm also well. Totally normal weekend on my end. Um, easy you know, just an easy Sunday of watching games. Uh, nice. Okay, none of that's true, actually. Um, was Recently had, had a son, for, for those listeners out there. My wife gave birth on Friday, so uh, a lot. Oh, thank you, thank you. So heads up, a lot of my analysis this weekend is going to be from looking at box scores and, uh, and checking Twitter. So, uh, you know, we're all warned. But, uh, yeah, happy to be on, boys. Scott Scott's baby was born pretty much during our uh, betting preview that Bo and I put out on Friday. Uh, we were we were aware that it was happening around that time, but we didn't want to try. We didn't want to create any spoilers. We figured we'd save that for you, Scotty. Hey, well, it seems poetic that he was born um, during a gambling podcast that I couldn't make. So, <laughs> uh, good sign. Good sign already. Congrats, man! Again, thanks, congrats. boys. Oh, yeah. thanks so much. What a couple days! Holy. Can't Very imagine. exciting, and Bodan is next to join the dad, the dad oh, club. Boy, a couple months away, you know. Yeah, here we go. Bo, as a as a father for almost three days now, I can really, you know, just drop so many nuggets on you. All right, so we'll we'll talk offline, but yeah, once we get into that fourth day, I don't even know it's going to be too much. So yeah, we can start a dad pod. I'm I'm in. <laughs> yeah, Me and you, Scott. We got yeah. Yeah, the, the other guy on here knows nothing about it. He, he has know, no idea. He doesn't yeah, have he to ones or anything, yeah. yeah. I actually got a couple Bucks banter uh, onesies gifted for my little ones. Um, so I'll have to unveil those at a later date. Uh, nice. Yeah, no just, kidding. Just over the weekend. It's pretty sweet. So. Fantastic. Yeah, but anyway, uh, time to move on and discuss what was a – at least in the box score, a convincing Buccaneers victory. Not so much the case if you were tuned into the game. Uh, but the Bucs did come away victorious, winning 48-25 over the Atlanta Falcons at home. Uh, Brady with another prolific game, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. And after two weeks, he is leading the NFL in touchdown passes at age 44. I mean, at some point, we're going to have to just stop reminding everyone he's 44. But yeah, it's kind of hard not to mention it. It's just pretty cool. But. So it's eight touchdowns, right? And the two picks in the Cowboys games were not his fault at all. Like he could easily have eight touchdowns and no picks through two weeks. Pretty, pretty yeah, good he got, start. He got, he's Easy. got nine. He's got nine. Oh, not? Oh, was it? No. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Well, so there you go. Better. Even better. Even better. He's two ahead of Kyler Murray, um, who also looks incredible this year. Uh, yeah, but we'll get to that different. game. We'll get to different. Kyler. He, he looked yeah. incredible and uh, – basically cause a stress of the cardiac arrest for me but yeah both oh. of those things are out true <laughs> uh and another thing i just want to talk about like gronk is back man like gronk looks like the old well young gronk like his connection with brady is sharp as ever obviously a red zone monster two tutties yeah. in back-to-back games um just an absolute menace out there and, and what i love is that 
the Bucks coaching staff isn't like shying away from it. They're not like, okay, well, we have other capable tight ends on the roster. We're going to make sure we get them involved. They're like, okay, this is Rob Gronkowski. And aside from like his physical traits, like the dude is just being extremely productive and we're not going to lollydag him along like we did last year. Like he's ready to go. Let's force feed him the pill when it matters. Um, Brady obviously has a huge say in that and their connection has been so obvious on some of these seam routes and audibles that he calls at the line of scrimmage. They, if you were following any of the pregame stuff on uh, Fox or ESPN, they were um, showing this like brewski audible, which no one else on the team knew. And that's what he had said in week one at the line to Gronkowski. And he just kind of shoots a quick little slant into the seam and then up. Um, just pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, man. They're as exciting and as productive and as in sync of a – I mean – receiver quarterback combos we've ever seen they're absolutely fantastic and it's obviously no wonder why Gronk was willing to follow him to Tampa Bay like it's just what a bonus like you said I mean we've talked I feel like quite a bit about the tight end group for the Bucks, and as good as they are it doesn't matter you have one of you have Gronk out there you have one of these productive guys one of the most productive guys keep it going he has Brady's trust and Brady's trust and that is you know how valuable is that just in and of itself, right? So awesome to see early. Speaking of Brady's trust too, I like I, I find Brady's also been great at, at the same time. Like he gives everyone a shot. This is what I've learned since he's come here. Like it's not like he's like from the start zeroed in on on only Gronk or or only A B when he got there. Like he's really good at being uh like there's no prejudice involved in him spreading the pill around when he's when he's selecting which receiver to throw to. You know what I mean? Like he's truly Throwing to who's open. What? And, and sorry, Bob, I, I'll just get a pop in here, but like, and that's twofold because like he trusts them all or because they're all very good. And he knows that you don't need to force it into the guy that's being double teamed if they only have one receiver, right? Or, or one and a, a second one who's okay. They have these options and he knows the best way to move that ball down the field is to keep, uh, is, is to, like you said, not be biased, keep looking for who's open and taking what's there. And he's the best at that. He's the best that we've ever seen at that. Yeah, yeah like it seems like he's right. the beneficiary of, of just having this, like, ridiculous amount of good players around him. Like, <laughs> it, it seems like the Falcons are, are guard, were guarding everyone except him early in the game. And Brady actually missed him on one. On, he could have got a touchdown on the play before uh, on his first one. Uh, I just... Yeah, Gronk is taking advantage of just being on this team that has a ridiculous roster, and he's he's the one that's open basically at the start of every game. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And like uh, Keith Robbins Jr., what's up, Keith? Like he yeah. says on Facebook, we have three number one wide receivers. Absolutely true, hundred percent. And and that's why Gronk's Gronk's been open, and that's why Brady's feeding him the ball. Um, and and like we talked about last week all three receivers aren't going to have big games every week. It's almost yeah. impossible, right? So yeah. AB was the man left out this week um, from, a, from a statistical perspective. But, I mean, they're going to take turns with that. The one guy I think, and so far it's been true, who's always going to have a certain level of production is Godwin playing in that slot role. I just think he's he is Brady's favorite receiving, receiving target, in my opinion, mm. um, the type of, of routes Brady loves to give attention to. But Mike Evans had a nice bounce back game. Uh, a lot of people were were making a stink about Evans being so quiet week one. You know, five receptions, 75 yards, another two touchdowns of his own. Beautiful. Um, yeah. Like, 
so I mean that's something I expected. I was all over uh I was all over Evans over 53 and a half receiving yards because like it would seem like an overreaction to week one, in my opinion. Oh yeah, um, I heard that on the live stream when I was in the OR actually, and I was nodding <laughs> along thinking, yep, yeah, love it, call hammer it, hammer it. Oh, God, there's a baby, but uh yeah, good, good pick. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Colston Col- 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 uh share- shared in mass. We appreciate that, Matt. Um and yeah, Bo, you got any any thoughts on Evans? I know uh we we, t- we talked about Evans heading into this week. What what'd you think? I yeah, I felt it, yeah, we thought that he had crossed at 53 and a half in his first two plays of the game. So on his first two catches, which were the first four plays of the game. Um yeah, he's he's a monster. If you're if he has a down week before like the week before the week previous just hammer him because brady's yeah. gonna look for him and as much as brady throws to the guy that's open he's aware of who he needs to keep going he's like the greatest point guard ever in in basketball basically um yeah. he sees guys and he's just like okay next week i bet uab is gonna be one of the guys that they look look to get the ball to early in the game so they all yeah. they all have value just by being healthy and on the field right yeah that's stats are kind of almost irrelevant because they're going to get their points. The team is going to get their points and a couple of the guys are going to get their yards. It's just a matter of who gets it. The fact that they have all these weapons on the field is, is all you need really just even the like, you know, facade of health and that they're yeah. re- ready to, to burn you is, is perfect. And that's what's, what's going to keep happening. They scored 48 points, yeah. right? Like I know, sorry, no one's complaining about what the offense did, but like, if anyone's poking holes at production or, um, you know, uh, consistency from these guys, this is just what we're going to see. The consist- the only person you need the consistency out of is Brady because, you know, he's finding these guys on a given week. And uh, freak, like, what, 48 and 31? So they're averaging almost 40 points a game through two weeks. I know we're going to get into some of the nitpicky type things or definitely things that can be cleaned up from the Bucks, But, hey – going to be tough to beat them that defense if they're scoring 40 especially like the bucks really fell asleep uh, in the middle of that game you know uh yeah. second quarter third quarter like it just kind of seemed like they i don't know they didn't have they didn't have the gas down they didn't have the foot on the gas and and it showed and that's what led atlanta back in the game and they still put up 48 points like it's insane yeah. and like, one by 23 yeah it's nuts it's yeah. nuts and it, I mean, obviously, a big part of that as well was Mike Edwards, and he gave us some shades of Dexter Jackson in Super Bowl thirty-seven. He had two pick sixes, yeah. uh, and we talked we talked last episode about the Bucks needing to consider playing all all three of their safeties more because Mike Edwards um, has been so effective when he's in the game. They just you know that's an unconventional approach, especially when they prefer to have have you know at least three corners on the field at a time. But after Sean Murphy Bunting went down. Soon as Carlton Davis pulled up early, Jamel Dean got banged up. Edwards came in and pretty quickly put his imprint on the football game. Um, he's always been referred to as a playmaker. John Ledyard over at Pewter Report, I think I retweeted it earlier, uh, brought up the fact that in in only 428 snaps in his career for Mike Edwards, he has five interceptions, uh, as well as another that was called back due to offsides. He has 11 pass breakups and two touchdowns now. Um, so he, he there is proof that he is a ball hawk. And... Yeah. Um, you know, he's a guy that I, I'd be real happy to see on the field more often. Just because their title is safety doesn't mean they can't play together. It's just a question of who are you going to slide there to play that nickel position um, if you're down a couple corners, right? Because that's a position generally where where a cornerback is more suited. Um, but it's it's something Todd Bowles, I think, is going to have to chew on at this point 
hell of a game, hell of a game by Mike Edwards, and it was I was really happy to see it. Certified ball hawk. Uh, big shout out to Mike <laughs> Edwards for uh, he had a Raptors shirt on in his press conference, so his post conference uh, comments. I was very proud of that. It's like a almost like a tie dye Raptors shirt. Uh, so a lot of a lot of praise from from up north for Mike Edwards. Godwin's been rocking some Raptor stuff too. I feel like right. Yeah. Like how how about that it's, connection just with the Raps out of anywhere they could have played last season playing in Tampa? Yeah. Like that's that's unreal. And, and like my personal Twitter photo, profile photo, whatever you say on my personal Twitter account, is a picture of Vince Carter in a Bucks jersey at Raymond James or in a Bucks T-shirt at Raymond James. Oh, so yeah. like, yeah, there's some connections between the Toronto Raptors and uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I don't think anyone in here wants to hear about that. We're just a couple Canadians <laughs> here. Give um, us strong mean listeners. Just give us like 10, 10, 25 minutes just talking about Vince Carter on the wraps. All right. Like just, you know, we'll just mix it into a normal Monday recap pod. It's totally normal. Totally normal. Well, I only brought it up because you you nailed it on on the assessment of Mike uh, Mike Edwards. Nothing to add there. Right on. And uh Christopher Cole uh on Facebook says Sherman will sign with the Bucks by Thursday. Bruce Arians did admit today that uh or unveil that Jason Light has contacted Richard Sherman. So we know that there is interest there on the Bucks part. Um of course, we don't really know what's going on with with Richard Sherman. He's had a, a very interesting offseason, but even when he's played most recently, he's been very productive. He's a very smart football player. Um, and you know, coming off that, I believe it was an Achilles, you know, before he he went over to San Fran from Seattle. I had doubts whether like athletically he would be able to to hold up, but he proved to be really solid in San Fran. And I would be all for bringing in Richard Sherman if he checks the boxes off the field. Jason Light has always had a pretty good sense for that. And uh, obviously Arians isn't going to put up with any BS. So um, and it's not like Sherman's ever been an issue in a locker room before. If anything, he's been a leader. So lots of talk around Tampa about whether or not Richard Sherman could be in play. Uh, we will see what happens there, but something to keep an eye on because I think as our cornerbacks continue to drop like flies, a talented veteran presence like Sherman could not only be a nice fit with the locker room and the other pieces there, but he could be very valuable as well, just because of the need positionally. Did, do, is he uh cleared? Sorry, put us on the spot a little bit. Is he uh from that um incident this past summer? I mean, I, if he's they're potentially going to sign him and I guess he's ready to play this season. Right. So uh... he could play, but there will be some legal uh, hearings that need to occur at some point and you can't yeah. really predict when. So that's kind of, it's kind of similar to uh, when the bucks brought in a B last year, it was not okay. officially resolved in a court of law at that point. Um, but I, I think, you know, the Buccaneers, the Glazers, whoever's involved, they're willing to get a pretty good sense from their legal experts on how, how that could potentially play out. Um, so, yeah. Couple- and, Sorry. And, you know, with NFL teams, I think they're willing to get a bit of a sense of uh, how much the guy can help them win as well. It seems to be a bit of a through line on the, on some signings that go w- around across the league or around the league. Yeah. I would say that's pretty high up on the list in the NFL. That's for sure. I couldn't believe Randy I- Gregory was still on the Cowboys. I'm surprised the Ravens. I'm surprised the Ravens haven't brought in Ray Rice. It, he's on practice squad. Practice squad. He's punting. Oh god, punting footballs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Um. Okay. On that note. Yeah. Uh, so, just like in the first week, but me like Rojo is really in front of all of our eyes, losing the battle with Fournette uh, in that Bucks backfield, batting, battling for uh, 
RB1 duties. Uh, and he's really battling with himself. Like, he doesn't look stable emotionally. He does. He looks a little out of sorts. He missed a crucial blitz pickup. And then he also ran out of bounds a yard <laughs> short of a, a yard short of a first down instead of lowering his it shoulder. Made no sense. Sorry to cut you off. But I remember what I was watching that. And I think I texted you right after. I was like, Rojo is just a liability at this point. Same story. <laughs> it's the same story for him, though, eh? It's this it's was this was especially funny though because yeah. it was a clear first down and like he could just go like he was looking at the line and just decided I'm gonna go out just in front of it. Like the God. rules had changed for some reason. Like it was and really Bo, weird. And Bo, remember last week you were talking about how much you love Godwin because he lowered his shoulder instead of going out exactly. of bounds. Exactly. Oh yeah, That's a yeah. wide receiver. Oh god. Yeah. It's tough. It's, it's tough to watch. There was definitely some contact that would have came with that first down, but like it didn't it wasn't going to be that much like it was literally one step forward and out and instead he took two steps out it was really weird he's a pretty yeah. tough runner normally like that one kind of perplexed me there a little bit yeah it's so i'd love to hear what it's um what it's like for the runners who know that now i i didn't see much of the game but you know if you make one mistake you're not going to get the ball again I, i'd like you know, that's got to affect certain guys more than others and just how much pressure you put on themselves. This, <coughs> excuse me, this thing you're talking about now about going out of bounds without getting uh, the extra yard, that's obviously, you know, by itself, that's just a bad, just a bad move. But just, you're Colin's talking about how he's doesn't look as confident and it's just, you know, if you know you're going to get pulled and you're missing one blitz or obviously one fumble, it's tough to play that way. Not excusing it, but some people are just going to handle that better than others. Exactly. And I think I think it's almost at the point where it's obvious to everyone watching his body language on the sidelines after these issues, how he walks off the field. I mean, Rojo is in his own head. Yeah. Um, if he can't turn it around soon, I mean, that, that mental instability um, is not something that anyone wants in one of their, their starters, contributors on a team with Super Bowl aspirations. That's so funny you say that, Colin, just because there's so many times where it's like talking heads or the media, like they come up with what could have happened or but and it's like, no, I think this one is actually exactly what's going on, right? Like, I don't think this is a overanalyzed situation. It's like, no, he's just, uh, yeah, doesn't want to make a mistake and it's affecting how he's playing and everyone is seeing that. With the for pace sure. that Lenny's on right now, too, it, it would be hard enough for him to get reps if he was playing well. Um, Lenny's actually starting to catch the ball a lot better as well, too. So I could just – I don't know what Bruce is waiting for, honestly. He's given Rojo a ton of chances at this point. But, I mean – Lenny – sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say just keep him, health, keep him healthy, right? Yeah. Like if you're – if the offense is doing this with some – questions at running back and you don't have to force feed one of them or or you know risk anyone go missing in a couple of weeks and you know just keep it keep it going i would assume is the thinking there that's what i would go with but yeah i see what you mean Bo, for sure like he was productive he was you know if he gets 20 carries he's going to be over 100 yards averaging almost five yards a carry that game and he threw in four receptions for 24 yards so you're right Bo. Lenny, lenny was definitely very uh very consistent. So he's doing his part as well, which is important to acknowledge. It's not just oh, Rojo. Yeah. You're um, taking you're taking five yards of carry and pardon the pun and running with it from anyone in any game, right? So yeah, that's great. For sure. 
catching up on some comments here. Tapasio, who has been a pretty loyal listener of ours on YouTube, giving some Vince Carter some love. Um, <laughs> you're in the right place for that. We are Canadian, all three of us, Tapasio. So there you go. Um, Christopher Cole, shout out Vince Carter as well. Uh, hey. Sean, Sean Parnell. Uh, this next game will tell all the Rams game will let us know exactly where we stand against quality teams. You are absolutely right, Sean. Um, I think we've covered enough of the Falcons bucks game. So maybe we can just use that to kind of leverage ourselves right into a bit of a preview boys. Like next week's yeah. a big game. Just one more comment. The uh, Atlanta is going to be bad. Yeah. Just, right. Like that's, you know, they, they lost 32 to six and 48, 25. Like that's, that's a tough first two weeks, but yeah. Rams bucks. Oh my, let's talk. Let's get into it. Yeah, and that's the only other thing I want to say is like I don't I don't like giving up twenty five to the Falcons either. I, like we only had one sack, uh, Nadama and Sue. I'm a, I'm a surprised by that because if I had seen on on our sports book like uh, to bet team sacks, I probably would have bet the over. So and I would have lost. Yeah. yeah. Also um, the uh, the penalties too. The penalties were just. I feel like I, as the objective NFL fan, I was swapping games, but I feel like every drive that I was, I would look over at the Bucks game, there would always be a Bucks penalty, whether it's on offense or defense. It was interesting. And just looking at the box score and nine penalties for 83 yards, yeah. that's shooting yourself in the foot a lot and playing against a team like Atlanta um, kind of speaks to the, how they were even get to, able to get to 25 points. And BA, uh, it was a it was a radio local radio station interview on the sideline at halftime, and I didn't catch this till today till I heard the audio. But he was fuming about the penalties yeah. and like lack of discipline. Like he must have tore into those boys at at halftime because he was pissed. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Stafford's got two games under his belt now. A guy who we all three of us we don't always agree on everything, but we agreed that Matt Stafford was a monumental upgrade for the Rams and thought he would be dangerous this season, pairing up with Sean McVay. Um, I didn't watch much – well, I didn't watch any of that Colts game, but uh, obviously they, they were not in control the entire game, but they came away with it. They're 2-0. and um, This should be a really fun game in so at SoFi Stadium. The Bucks are underdogs as well, plus one, so I, I bet them money line today. Um, <laughs> I, I caught plenty of that game. Um, it seemed like the Rams were really looking – looking ahead to this game. That's kind of why the Colts were in it. Colts defense also showed up as well, too. Yeah. They, they, they played really well. Um, but the Rams defense gives up a ton of yards until you get to the red zone. And then when they got to – they had two gold line stands where I think the Colts had negative yardage in their first seven plays at, at the goal line. Like, yeah. it was an insane display from them, from their offensive – from their defensive front. So, yeah, um, was, I can't wait for this game. Yeah, it was a real bend, don't break from the Rams defense. And, you know, I, I don't think the Colts are good, but they're also not terrible. So, you know, Especially the Rams, not. yeah, the Rams played with the Sunday nighter, come back, like have to go play in Indianapolis. They still got the, it's not a terrible win, or sorry, not a terrible performance to, to beat anyone on the road. Like you said, probably a bit of a look ahead spot. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think Stafford played okay. Couple, couple, in, couple bad decisions. I thought, but you know, he's so much better than Goff. And then it's so it's it's funny because with every, you know, every positive for the Rams is going to be attributed to Stafford or in in a large in a large uh, percentage. And then we're going to see the opposite is just 
how bad the how bad the Lions are with Goff, right? It's just going to be such a stark difference between the two, and like yeah. it's going to be so uh, just so highlighted. And, and it's funny just because we get to see Lions Packers tonight, obviously, right? But um, um, sorry, uh, Bucks Rams game of the week next week. How how good is that? Like, yeah, it'll be a four o'clock. We'll probably have Aikman and Buck doing the game. I think on Fox, right? They're, they're NFC, yeah, it is two NFC teams. Um, it's going to be a lot of air yards, I think, because I think, you know, neither team has a dominant rushing attack and both teams are have receivers they trust and quarterbacks they trust to get them the ball. So yeah. I think it's going to be really picking up, trying to pick on uh, the defensive backs. These quarterbacks are smart enough. The offensive coaches are smart enough. I think it's going to be a lot of trying to isolate matchups, certain guys, because there's going to be an advantage for the offense at the receiver versus defensive back. Um with whichever way you're going, especially with the Bucks getting a little bit depleted there. Um, and offensively, that like it doesn't matter wherever Ramsey is, they could just look the other way if they wanted to. I mean, they'll probably trust Bucks receivers, even if they're lined up on Ramsey. I'm just saying they will have that option available to them. So I'm really curious to see how that how that process holds up. I mean, it's really very much gonna be a, a battle between Stafford and Brady. Yeah. You know. Well, the one I want to see is Stafford versus Todd Bowles because (laughs) the Rams are extremely multiple on offense. They run this play where they bring Cooper Cup into the backfield and he gets a seam route pass for a touchdown. They have so many different formations and, and, and just have so many guys in so many different places. It's really tough to to match up against them from on a play to play basis. So I I really want to see how the, the Rams offense matches up with that defense with the Tampa Bay defense. Cup has been on an absolute tear, by the way. He's year. unbelievable. Cooper unbelievable. Cup. My God. Yeah. Like, like reports out of camp was that Robert Woods was going to be Stafford's guy. Um, yeah. Cup's, Cup's always slept on every year. Like, he's just probably not talked about enough. Yeah, it really isn't. Tremendous yards after the catch guy. Great hands. Polished routes. You know what I mean? He's just he's just a good player. He's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like that. So, and this is going to be bad because the, they're both white receivers. But – the Adam Adam Thielen comparison is so apt, right? Like they they really are similar. They're so and they're both so valuable and so productive. They're both great receivers. I knew you were going there. I was gonna I say it feels like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson had a baby. That's what yeah. Cooper Cup really <laughs> yeah. feels like. He's so wow. that's that's the type of talent he has. So they're so they're pretty close there in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's, he's a he's a biracial like. <laughs> like cross biracial byproduct biracial born as a 30 year old yeah exactly he's Um, unreal yeah so uh, both these teams are going to move the ball i think uh, you know not uh blowing any minds here but it's going to be all about red zone efficiency i think you're going to need to walk away with touchdowns in this game not kick too many field goals um barring you know a a large turnover game from one of the two teams right I could see it uh, like a 31-28, 35-31 um, either way. Honestly, it, I mean, Bucks plus one, sure. Well, you know, it's it's just whoever you happen to like more in this game. Uh, it's more, I think Tampa, obviously, they want to win it. They want to start 3-0, and they want to beat a NFC contender. But let's just, let's see what happens in this one. Let's see how they look against a real team um, on the road like this, right? Right, which comes back to Sean's comment that got us going here is this will be the first real test. So it's a great yeah. point. And Bo, I'm seeing Bulls versus McVeigh as the matchup of like mm. that I'm that I'm looking yeah. forward to. I think Bulls got to get in his bag a little bit. You know, I feel like he's got to show us something this week and really get creative and 
Um, got to got to trust that he will. I yeah. This is a game you're you're going out there and you're trying to win. Like this isn't a oh let's keep things back. Like let's hold a few things. Like it's week I, I three. You think? Well, I don't know. These teams might see, like who's going to be shocked if we see a replay of this game in an NFC conference game. I you know? agree, but that wouldn't be for four months. True. Right. So it's, like it's, it's these guys are thinking about that. They're thinking about what's going to be on tape. So I totally, I'm, yeah, I totally agree. But so much can change between now and then. That's the only. I think if this game was in week thirteen or something, then you know, then maybe you're playing possum a little bit. This is just me speculating. Obviously, I have no idea. Yeah. But um, that's that's what I would think. Like, all right, we can just go out there and 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 win this one and and show what we have or like at least just do what we have to do to win is what my guess would be. But there's definitely an argument for, hey, we're going to be pretty vanilla. We're we're counting on seeing the Rams in the NFC Championship game, and we don't want them to have too much of a like a taste for what we're doing. And uh, we're just going to try to win with. Uh, with a pretty basic game plan. I don't know. Call, what do you think? I think I think you're right, Scott. I think at this like you can't you can't always be planning for the future or potential matchup. Like you got to bring the heat here, make a statement early in the NFC like in a major NFC matchup between two undefeated teams and I think pridefully as well. I, I think the Bucks are hungry to to win as many games as they can. Like I think I think they are intentionally giving Brady the chance to throw touchdowns. I think they like Bruce is that kind of guy. Like he wants Brady to set the touchdown record. Like he wants him to go absolutely berserk. And I, it's one of the things I love about Bruce. Um, and I think the same goes just for their general strategy. Like if you, if you spend your whole time saving all your, all your shells in the clip, then, you know, what if you never get to fire him in the end anyway? Yeah. So there's so much, there's so much stra- There's such an expansive, um, resources of different plays and and schemes and all this stuff that all these offensive coaches have they have it's endless so they can always tinker things and come up with new stuff for later in the season so i think that was a good point that you brought up no it's 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 fair i'm I'm not saying that anybody wants to lose this game i'm just saying i'm not if you go if you go behind by three touchdowns in the third quarter or two touchdowns in the third quarter maybe you just say okay let's try to let's try to win this playing our like our most basic or not our most basic stuff but our bread and butter stuff and I, if there's a, a surprise play that we want to throw on this team next down the line let's try to bait that out of them or something like that bait oh, some yeah. bait some formations or some tendencies out of these guys and learn something for, more about our opponent oh for sure plus coaches yeah. are the most paranoid generally like conservative group of people in the world so Bo, if that's the line of thinking like that wouldn't shock me I just think yeah. it would go the other way. But, yeah, I I totally see where you're coming from. Yeah. Nobody – like, neither fan base should freak out if you lose this game. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like you, you're you going to be fine. This These are two of the best teams in the NFC. Um, yeah. The, and it's it's September. We're, we're not we're not going to get too worried about a loss in September. Yeah. The, the Bucks lost 38-3 to to the Saints last year, right? Yeah. You know <laughs> – Look! Look at what Colin. Do you remember team. that? Do you remember that game? I think. I think that happened. Trying, yeah. Trying to move on here. That happen or not? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, I know this is a happy yeah. place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I'm really pumped up for that game next week. I, I'm excited. I guess Brady surprisingly hasn't traveled to the West Coast that much in his career. Um, I don't have the exact numbers, but it is like way less games than you would think that he's actually returned to his childhood hometown of. Los Angeles, well, in Cali, anyways. Um, he's up so there. Cool. 
yeah, yeah. wherever yeah i'm excited yeah. to just like see see this new stadium big production raucous fans in a wicked stadium like i just i'm just pumped for every aspect of that football game um i'm sure those sorts of things won't make uh, ronald jones any less confident <laughs> those factors right yeah no kidding yeah. uh but yeah i mean two of the five best teams in the league let's say that's uh, gonna be awesome best game of the week for sure um uh, yeah not even not even close i would say uh, chiefs and Chargers is good but this is the best one yeah can i put you guys too. on the spot because because i'm kind of thinking about it who do you think oh, are the four best teams in the nfc nfc yeah well, well, well sorry bucks no. obviously yeah, Tampa um, and LA, and then. Yeah. I mean, you got to have the Packers there still. We're two games into the seat, but they've played one game. Like the Green can, Bay has. To. Can we? Yeah, can we have like a little? Can we put Green Bay in pencil based on what we see tonight? Because I still, like, I trust that they'll get there, but it's hard to say after one week when they got absolutely dismantled that they are. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think you'd have to put the Niners there, just. You know, two two road wins. That's not worth nothing. Um, gutsy win, yeah. Yeah, the Cardinals easily could have lost that Vikings game. Seattle, of course, it was an insane game. Um, I have, yeah, Tampa and LA as the top two, and then, oh God, nobody from that NFC East. I know that. Yeah. Uh, For me, the Packers. I like, got. They've played one game this year, so so to me, like. Am I going more off all of last season and the guys they've returned, or this one game? Like, yeah. So yeah. for me, they're in for me for sure. Is all. I'm yeah. Who do you got in fourth then? San well, Fran? I'm just trying to debate. It's got to be like an NFC, another NFC West team, probably. Like, I would probably yeah. have to give it to the Cards. They got tons of talent. They, they've come away two and zero. Oh, I mean, it's true. Yeah, the Cards. I I was gonna say the Cards too. Honestly. Oh, you know, like the Niners. The Niners. There's Niner an argument for Carolina too. Oh man. Don't get me Carolina don't get was started really on Carolina. Good. Dude, Carolina was really good yesterday. Extremely the cards, good. The Cards and the Panthers, like seeing Rondale Moore with that 77 yard touchdown, that was like watching my son play. I can say that now because <laughs> I have one. But um, that, oh my, my heart was, it was like, Rondale Moore. Oh, yeah, he's good. We, we said it. We said that he's good. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I know he's wide open, but still. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I, We'll see how it shakes out. I would love to see the Panthers get in the mix, and I think the Cardinals will hang around because, okay, everyone was saying Arizona's definitively the fourth-best team in that uh, division. Really, on a neutral field, would anyone really have a hard time picking Arizona over Seattle or San Fran? Like, maybe you like Seattle and San Fran better, but it's not a crazy decision to, to like Arizona in those games. Yeah, it's like a coin flip. Like you really, it's the craziest, most unpredictable division. And wh- exactly. whenever they meet, whenever those teams meet each other, it's it's insane. Yeah, it's the, probably the Cardinals best. are the most coin flip team ever, though. Too. Yeah, right. I they, was watching that game pretty intently. Holy, they they play to play. You're just like, I have no idea what's going to happen. From like, what is the line going to show up? Does it matter? Can Kyler get out of absolutely every rush that ever comes ac- across to him? Um, and then all of the receivers just always seem open because Kyler can just extend every play. And then 
you also have Cliff Kingsbury who can just decide that let's throw away a series, a, a game winning series for just no reason. It was so that, crazy. So that was inexcusable. That was ridiculous. He had, it's like it he was mailed so it in. Conservative. Yeah, so like conservative. They won. I guess he's, so the answer, he coaches like, so scared. He coaches yeah. so scared. It's late crazy. in the game. As the game goes on, he gets more and more conservative, which yes. is like it's scary, right? Because at the front, it's like they need to be up by 14 for you to be like they're gonna have a good game. Yeah. What a game and, though. What a game. Yeah. 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 Crazy game. And then sorry, I I mean, I I mean, I guess we're just bopping around the league, but like so that Minnesota loss turns this Seattle game this week into a must win. It's well, they they've got Seattle this week. They've got Minnesota. Seattle at home, which yeah. you know you can't go zero and three. You just can't, even with that. Like it's very hard to get back up above water if you're starting zero and three, right? Like yeah. you have to have a huge schedule break in order to 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 pop back in. Um, I can't confirm if this is the if the Pat Riley. Um, but I think it is. I think this is the real Pat Riley. Uh, the Rams had a Super Bowl quarterback talking about Jared Goff, got rid of him, and now they got a guy, Stafford, who has never won a playoff game. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. All I mean, right. That sounds Pat. like Pat Riley, big culture guy. Big, yeah. big hey, Miami Pat, culture you just guy. dump all your rings on the table? Like, <laughs> yeah. who cares? Like, that's so that's that's yeah. so irrelevant. Yeah, look who, look who Stafford had as a coach and for the freaking franchise he was playing for. Are you kidding me? Also, they got robbed out of that, that Dallas game that they should have won on the road. I mean, I'm grasping at grasping at straws if I'm referring to one specific time he should have won in a 12 year career in Detroit. But still, <laughs> yeah. factually, Fair. he should have had a win. And the fact that Goff went to the Super Bowl is less about him and way more about the team and the coach. Like, like. Yeah. yeah, and they scored three points in that game, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. what do you think yeah. Stafford would have done in that game? Like, get out of here. Come on. Yeah. Come um, on, Pat. In terms of the Panthers being 2-0, and I mean, obviously, we were all over the Panthers, oh. a couple of us. You two were. I was, I, was not, I was not a believer. I was, I was not a believer. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Scott and I were. Um, yeah. You could have bet them, yeah. which we suggested specifically – on BetUS, they had uh, Panthers to finish second in the NFC South. I believe it was plus 550, um, at least plus 500. And we suggested that as a bet. So I've been trying so hard not to tweet. I told you so because we're two weeks in. But I got to say, the Panthers look damn good. Matt Rule, coach of the year, Scotty. Oh, was another hey, one. Well, we were talking had, about the over. I was on with you. Well, we the over exceeding team that isn't very good that's that's what you need to do to win that award right and that's what you need to do to win that award right if we're talking about um if we're talking about oh i got a little echo here i don't know if you guys are hearing that yeah sorry um if we're talking about coming in second that's a big win to beat new orleans right that's a big win to beat new orleans right so yeah, it's weird. I can. See, I'm just not seeing the mouth moving when you're talking, but I'm not hearing like a big echo. So I don't know if that's what Bo's getting to. Uh, feel free to chime in in the comments if you're noticing any sort of audio issues. We'll try and get that sorted out. Um. Anyway, what were we just talking about? Um. Well, let's move on. What What, what were some other? We were talking about the Panthers, I think. What were some other games? I mean, the Chiefs. Chiefs uh Ravens I I passed out before that game's over regrettably so I actually didn't see the second half which is obviously when things got wild um I saw the highlights Bo you were watching did you watch that whole game I assume Yeah yeah one of the very uh one of the yeah, yeah. uh one of the very uh one of the very uh 
one of the uh, benefits of being on the out the, uh, in the west. Benefits of being on the out in the west. Oh, it's a lot of echo here. Yeah, we're having some uh, some technical difficulties again. If anyone, yeah, they're getting echoes too. Um, yeah. So we're gonna try and sort this out if we can. Then we may have to just cut it short for this evening. Thankfully, we've already discussed uh, the Buccaneers. Am I echoing as well? That's what I should ask. No, you seem fine. You guys, actually. sounds like I'm okay. No, you seem fine, actually. Huh? Yeah. Um. It, yeah. Test, 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 test yeah, on the live podcast. Oh God. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we're not going to we're not going to subject our fans to this. But regardless, um, Lamar Jackson finally gets some revenge on Patrick Mahomes and gets a, a, a super crucial win for the Ravens at home. Um, that's massive for that team. I have not been a believer in the Ravens heading into this season. Uh, Topacio says they're having no problems with their with what they're listening to. Uh, Rich 0665 on YouTube says it's OK. When you guys want to try talking again, chiming in, see how this goes. Yeah, sure. Um, I watched the Chiefs game. I still have an echo. But anyways, I can try to go over it. Uh, I was watching the Chiefs game. And, uh, yeah, it just seems like Mahomes wasn't that interested in winning that game, like, from start to finish. They just had, like, this, like, almost like the Warriors where they just decide where they're – Bo, sorry to cut you off. You know when the Warriors would just get bored in games in like 2017 and 18? You're just like, man, I don't know what's going on with this team. I know you're uber talented, but yeah. All right. Well, unfortunately, it sounds like Scott and Bo are echoing pretty bad. And I think you two are hearing it with each other, too. So that's an an unfortunate technical glitch that uh, I myself am not capable of resolving live (laughs) on the air, unfortunately. Um, So... Anyway, I think, you know, it's a shorter episode, but I don't think that's the end of the world. I think we're going to we're probably going to hop off here now. We've talked about the Bucks versus the Falcons in that victory. We've previewed the Rams and the Buccaneers for next week. And I know most of the folks here at Bucks Report, that's what they're most interested in. Um, we're going to be doing a show Friday. We're going to be doing our weekly best bets. We will be sure to talk some other football at that time. Um, so I, I, I just want to say thanks to everyone for chiming in in the comments, listening along. We always appreciate your support. Please don't hesitate to head over to our YouTube channel where we post all of our video content. Just search Bucks Banter YouTube channel. Those subscriptions and likes go a long way to uh, helping us keep doing what we're doing. And as always, keep consuming all the fantastic content at Bucks Report. Uh, And until next week, go Bucks.